and I'm all yours. Not for the money and it's not for the applause. Uh, no. Uh, let's put the noise please. Sex, sex, Hello and welcome to the Juicy Deets NFL podcast. I am your host, Alex Jensen. Some of you know me as Juicy. With me here today, I have Zach Deets at NFL underscore Deets on Twitter if you're following. How are you doing today, Zach? Week away, Alex. Week away before the big boy games start. Week Super zero. Excited. Getting some college, some real college. Definitely, man. Pretty excited. Pretty excited about that, but I'm also excited to talk about what we're going to be doing on today's show. We are going to be doing a weekly betting lines for NFL week number one. Try to keep it a little quick, a little concise here, get a lot of content out in a quick manner, but uh, we're going to try to hold ourselves accountable throughout the season. Betting lines, we're going to go for the over-under as well as the weekly lines and kind of serpentine this back and forth maybe about a minute each for each team, each game, and uh, just uh, try to make you guys some money. So uh, I'm excited about it. Not allowed to do betting here in Washington, which is frustrating. Maybe I'll get a VPN or something like that, unless you're the FBI. Don't listen to that. But uh, yeah, excited so to kind of York, put these man. out here. Yeah. So uh, to start it off here, we're going to go with the uh, Dallas Cowboys visiting your defending Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. As of when I was looking this up today, the line was the Bucks by six and a half. Zach, I'm going to let you start this off here. Who are you taking? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a tough one off the rip because, you know, first game of the season, a lot of variables. That's like a theme with this, but I think I think I'm gonna go. I- I'm gonna take uh, the minus six and a half for- on the uh, Buccaneers side. Uh, you know, a lot of emotions. It's a home game. You know, the one thing that I feel is was the most important part of the Bucks. Uh, you know, road to the Super Bowl last year was just the chemistry on offense, and now they have a healthy Chris Godwin. They still got Mike Evans, Antonio Brown. You know. Like it's gonna be an aerial attack. I have no, I have no doubt that they're gonna put points up on the board. So I'll definitely take the Bucks to. It'll be a shootout, but I, I definitely think they can win by more than a touchdown. All right, and that kind of leads me to where I'm going. I, I'm thinking the same boat as well. You got the defending Super Bowl champions coming home. They return literally all of their starters. Don't have to get ready if you stay ready. They're going to be ready for week one. They've got the chemistry. They've got probably the consummate professional at the position in Tom Brady. They've got an experienced coaching staff. They added on what looks like an absolute monster in my guy Joe Tryon right now, which makes me pretty hyped up. They've got a backup quarterback. (laughs) Not as hyped about that one, but, uh, yeah, I just think they're going to come out of the gates ready to roll. I think Dallas is a uh, very questionable head coach, in my opinion. They have a quarterback coming off of a major injury. It's going to have to get rolling with the team. They've got a new defensive scheme that they have to roll out with a lot of young players. And 
I, I just I just don't see it being too close of a game, even if the Cowboys have some late season upside. And uh, that'll kind of take us the over under for this game, pretty high over under. I think it might actually be the highest of the week. It's fifty two points. With that second said, highest. I, second highest. Okay, yeah, so right up there, Browns and Chiefs. Yeah. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Definitely expecting a bit of a bit of a race here, but uh, I'm I'm going over. I'm going over. I don't think Dallas is stopping the Buccaneers at all. And I think that Dak Prescott and those weapons are enough that in garbage time, they're going to put up some points. What do, what do you think, Zach? You going over 52? Uh, yeah, I agree with you completely, Alex. Like, you know, I guess the only concern would be that, you know, game, first game of the year, there's some like, you know, jitters or whatever. But these are two of the most, you know, like well-prepared teams in the NFL, two teams with really big expectations they're going to be motivated to come out of the gates quickly get a win so i definitely do think uh both teams the offense is you know a selling point they'll be able to put points on the board i'm not really worried about them struggling to do so yeah sounds like we're seeing this pretty much the same way so we're definitely betting on buccaneers betting over here smart money put some on it let's go but uh that'll bring us to the next game we have the Arizona Cardinals visiting the Tennessee Titans. Right now, the line is Titans by two and a half. So, field goal will get you the money. Where are you sitting on this, Zach? I got to go with Tennessee in this one. I don't feel great about it, but, you know, the biggest concern I have with Tennessee this season is the offensive play calling. And that's not even, you know, an Arthur Smith problem now that he's the head coach of Atlanta. Todd Downing, his last day as an offensive coordinator was with Oakland. I believe it was 2015. That was the worst year of Derek Carr's career. The entire offense was abominable. And, you know, it's kind of worrisome to me. But then I look back and I'm like, I trust Ryan Tannehill. Obviously, you'd be a fool not to trust Derek Henry. They got Julio Jones. AJ Brown is a stud. Um, You know, just a home game. Mike Vrabel is one of the better coaches in the NFL. I do think that coaching you know, his prowess over a guy who's a little more unproven in Cliff Kingsbury in an opening game. Uh, I think that plays a factor. So I, I like the Titans at home in this matchup. Yeah, and I'm, I'm coming out the same way with you. I'm, I'm actually kind of smashing smashing the Tennessee button on this. I'm I'm high on Tennessee this year. I didn't expect to be, but I am. I, I don't love Downing. I'm not going to pretend I do. I am not the hugest fan of the uh, play calls on either side of the ball in Tennessee right now, but I'm also not a huge fan of what I've seen from Cliff Kingsbury. I am not the biggest fan. I'm not the biggest fan a bit much. Kyler Murray, I think, is a little bit overrated right now. I think that if you can force him to have to throw over the middle, he's going to have a rough, rough time at this point in his career, at least, from what I've seen. And I think Tennessee has some nice pieces. I'm excited about what I've seen from, again, my guy, Elijah Molden, another UW Husky over here. Jeffrey Simmons is an absolute monster up the middle. And then I think they've got two of two cornerbacks I really liked coming out. They've got some nice safeties. they got a couple good linebackers. I'm, I'm higher on the defense this year, and I think the offense is going to keep turning. I just don't really trust Arizona to come out week one looking ready. So I'm going Titans pretty comfortably here over under for this one we're sitting at 51 they're expecting some more high scores here what are you thinking 
I'm probably going to go with the over again. And you know what? Don't get mad at me, Alex, or anybody listening. Bit of a hedge on me. I mean, if I'm looking at, like, offensive firepower, like the potential, despite all the weapons I have listed in Tennessee, you know, I do feel like if Arizona, their key to success is 100% offense. You know, their secondary is very poor. Their defense, while they added J.J. Watt, they still have Chandler Jones, you know, Buda Baker, Isaiah Simmons, those guys, like, they're going to be reliant upon that Murray to Hopkins connection. You know, the emergence of Rondale Moore. Uh, both secondaries actually aren't really anything to write home about. I do like the potential of some young guys in Tennessee, but this has some, like, low-key shootout potential. Like, I could definitely see this being, like, surprisingly one of the higher-scoring games of this week, which is why the over-under is one of the higher numbers. But, yeah, I, I definitely like the over in this one. I'm taking under here. I'm on the uh, other side. I, I think that there's going to be some clunky offense on both sides, and I think both sides might have a bit better defenses than we expect. So I, I think we're going to see a game that has a lot of run game, a lot of Derrick Henry trying to pound it uh, kind of late into the game, setting up for the fourth quarter. I think we're going to see a lot of Kyler Murray kind of being – inconsistent against the defense trying to utilize a lot of the new weapons that they have justify the picks they made trades they made money they spent and i i think cliff kingsbury's been trying to do things he's not comfortable with and i i just the line's high enough that uh i I think i'm just gonna go under so first disagreement on the pod right here right now let's see how it plays out close to my heart Got my Seattle Seahawks at the Indianapolis Colts. Line right now is Colts by two and a half. Uh, this is one of the games that I feel stronger about this week. And uh, I am pretty happy to take the Seahawks in this one if they're giving me points. I think I would take the Seahawks if they were the favorites, to be honest with you. I, I don't love what I'm seeing out of Indy right now. I think you're seeing Carson Wentz and a lot of other important players on the team have some COVID issues. Maybe not come down with the virus, but protocol things that tell me that they're not going to be able to prepare like a lot of other teams are. I think you're going to have some issues with some changes along the offensive line. We don't know who's going to fully be back. We've got some injured receivers with no real proven guys there. Jonathan Taylor is a monster. If any team is capable to handle that, Jordan Books and Bobby Wagner and Jamal Adams right there are the three guys that will handle that about as well as anybody. And then on the defensive side, the Colts have some guys, not a doubt there, but I think Seattle can match up pretty well with them, especially at the cornerback position. And uh, I, I just, I think the Colts are a little overrated right now. I don't know. What do you think, Zach? Another, uh, another one we're going to agree on. I'm going to take Seattle. Um, in terms of the actual game result, you know, I definitely think it'll be a tough game. Like you brought, I don't really have much trust. I love Frank Reich. I really do. I think Frank Reich's one of the more underrated coaches in the NFL. But in terms of that offense, like you can't, with a you know reasonable frame of mind, just look at the fact that oh, Carson Wentz had his best year under Frank Reich. He's going to be good this year after seeing that he was by far the worst quarterback in the NFL last year. Not to mention the T.Y. Hilton injury. You know, the offensive line, I don't even know who the left tackle is now. I know they cut Will Holden, who was projected to be there. Eric Fisher is not back yet. So that might knock some of uh, Jonathan Taylor's efficiency. 
volume down. I'm a big Michael Pittman fan, and I do like some guys that they have on their defense. The fact of the matter is, is that it's a very fundamentally sound team, but I do like the potential of the offensive firepower. You know, Russ, DK, Tyler Lockett, maybe, you know, Dwayne Eskridge could pull off like a 90-yard touchdown his first game. But yeah, I definitely like Seattle in this game. And what do you think for the line here? We are sitting at a 52 over under on this yeah. game. They're expecting points. Yeah. Um, this is one of the uh, head scratching, head scratchers of the uh, over under slates this week. I'm, I'm definitely a hard under on this game. Uh, this feels like a prototypical, like, I don't know. Maybe I just have a sour taste from the Seahawks almost getting upset by the Bengals week one in like 2019. But. <laughs> nah, this feel this just feels like a Colts can't really get the offense going game. Seattle playing a little bit down to their competition on the road, which they kind of tend to do in the beginning of the season at sometimes no offense, Alex, but um but yeah, I mean fifty two, I'm not expecting, you know, these teams to surpass both of the uh, I don't I don't see the shootout potential. I don't see the high scoring volatility that both these teams could have in this game. So I, I'll, I'm a hard under here. Yeah, I'm a very hard under as well. You got two teams with brand new offensive coordinators that are trying to install some new things and haven't necessarily had all their playmakers healthy to, to get ready for it. And even though I'm not particularly high on either defense, regardless of the amount of big name players on both squads defenses, I, I just, I, I don't see the super high scoring matchup here and, I think that the way the Seahawks started last year isn't going to be the way they start this year offensively. So, yeah, strong under for me on that. Moving on, we have the Minnesota Vikings at the Cincinnati Bengals. Line right now is Vikings minus three. Who are you taking in this game, Zach? I'll keep it short and sweet. Listen, I like Cincinnati. I like some of the free agency moves they made. I'm a huge Joe Burrow fan, also rooting for him. I think Jamar Chase, you know, dealing with a bit of the yips right now, will come on to come into his own. But uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna smash the Vikings minus three at this number right here. I mean, the one thing, the one X factor I looked in this game is Dalvin Cook is probably gonna run all over the interior of this uh, Cincinnati defensive line. And also, despite the additions of Chidobi Awuzie and Mike Hilton, which I did like those moves, as I previously stated, um, you know, I just, Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, they're just too good, man. And it's a tough matchup for Cincinnati, even at home week one, but I, I'm definitely a big, uh, I, this is a hard Vikings minus three. Heavy. Yeah, I'm with you on that 100%. Vikings don't have to travel too far for this game. Not a crazy travel trip, so no huge advantage there. And I think Joe Burrow coming off an injury, clearly they're having issues with the line and receivers all getting in sync. I think it'll come. No worries about Jamar Chase for me as long as everything legal is fine. But I think it's just going to be clunky. Zach Taylor trying to figure some things out, feeling some pressure, might be trying to force it a little bit. On the defense, I am actually really high on Logan Wilson. I think he looks phenomenal right now but one linebacker is not going to do it against Dalvin Cook. And like you said, it's there's just not the same talent level on either side. Kirk Cousins, 
I'm sure has fired himself up by all the criticism he's been receiving in the recent weeks. And I do think he is a good quarterback at the end of the day. Maybe not great, but good. So I'm, I'm definitely taking the Vikings here. I'm pretty comfortable on this one. And the over-under for this one, sitting right now, 48 points. What are you thinking? I got, I got to take it under here. Um, I do think this will be one of the more lopsided games this in the uh, on the week one slate. I look at the Vikings, and I'm just like, you know, like I said, they're going to be running a lot. It's going to be a lot of clock management. Even, even the Bengals, you know, the Vikings have an up-and-coming secondary. I expect these teams, despite, you know, having these weapons in the passing game and whatnot, I do, find, I do think it would be more of a run-heavy game. Wouldn't be surprised if it's one of the first games finished. I don't envision, although these offenses have potential to be high-scoring, I don't, I don't see it in this game. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. We're agreeing again here. It's just not going to be a high-scoring game, I don't think. I, I don't think Very that the Vikings boring. want to be explosive enough that they're going to run up the score if they get way ahead. And if they're not scoring at will, obviously they're not going to be scoring a ton. I don't see any situation in which Cincinnati is running up the score on, on the Vikings and it becomes an absolute shootout. So I, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, something like 21-13. So I'm smashing the under on this one. Moving on, we have the Philadelphia Eagles, home of the Gardner Minshew twos, versus the newly head coached Atlanta Falcons, who have the line in the first ever game for the new head coach and new GM at three and a half. I'm taking Falcons in this one. I uh, I'm a big Arthur Smith fan personally, and I am not at all a big fan of any of the pieces. Right now, I am a fan of some of the pieces on the Eagles, but and I like Nick Sirianni, he seems fine. I don't think they have the guys to compete. I don't think Jalen Hurts right now is ready to sling it to the receivers that they have. I don't think they're the perfect fits for who he is as a passer. I don't think the line is going to be particularly healthy. I think that it's just going to be a clunky week one, especially defensively for the Eagles. And I think that the Falcons are going to be well coached, they've got Matt Ryan. They have Calvin Ridley. They have Russell Gage, who's been underrated in this whole process. And they've got NFL players who are proven and ready. And I think that matters a lot week one. I'm a big fan of Pease coming in as defensive coordinator. And I just think it's going to be Falcons. I don't know. Are you with me again, Zach, or are we going to diverge here? I am with you, Alex, for the main point of something you brought up briefly, like we all know the Falcons' defense, definitely not a good unit right now. I do like the addition of Dean Pease as well. But in terms of matchups, I would have to look at their schedule. In terms of, you know, defending the pass, this might be their best one of the year. I do not trust J- Jalen Hurts may be, you know, flashy as hell on the ground, you know, running all over the place, quasi Lamar Jackson. That might be a bit of a stretch. But regardless, um, in terms of, like, defending the pass, like, this is probably one of the better matchups for the Falcons this year, plus their home. And, you know, they got the guys to just completely mismatch with Philly's secondary. So I, I definitely really like the Falcons in this one. Seeing eye to eye there then. Uh, the line on this one is 46 and a half, and I actually really struggle with this one. I can absolutely see how this becomes a game where Jalen Hurts is carrying the ball 15 times. 
You got Atlanta. I mean, you know Arthur Smith loves to pound the ball, even with the fancy weapons he has at receiving positions and a quarterback who's used to throwing the ball more than anyone else and Matt Ryan. There, there's a way in which this becomes a very slow-moving game that sees a lot fewer snaps. But I, overall, I went over just because I think that the defenses aren't good enough talent-wise to keep it below that low level. We're, we're in the same boat again, man. I mean, same reasoning I had, you know, the defenses and stuff. Yeah, they might lean on the ground more if it's a blowout one way. But at the same time, you know, they're in the uh, – Superdome, they're going to be able to, you know, just air the ball out. Matt Ryan, Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts, and, you know, you don't, you can't really trust their defense in Atlanta to stop any passing plays that Jalen Hurts and that offense may uncork. So, I mean, it, it feels kind of silly to take the under, but I, I'll lean with the over. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you there. We're going to move on to the first game as pro coach Urban Meyer takes the field with Trevor Lawrence. And they are going to have a, in my opinion, a bit of a cupcake one. Looks like uh, might be uh, some interesting stuff going on here. They are playing the Houston Texans with their fourth string quarterback, Deshaun Watson. I believe he is listed. Line right now is the Jaguars by two and a half, a field goal. Give it to you. And I'm going to start off taking the Jaguars here. I, uh, I'm i actually a bit of a fan of Urban Meyer in that offense. It hasn't looked great this preseason. It's definitely a college offense. If there is a place that that is going to work, it is against this current iteration of the Houston Texans who have all of nobody really on the defense to stop them. And I think that Urban Meyer has every single reason to be trying to let his offense run fully come out strong out the gate. So I don't think he's going to be laying off the throttle too much. I think it's going to be a bit of a blowout, to be honest with you. But, uh, yeah, I think the Jaguars are going to be doing some fun things. I think you're going to see uh, Josh Allen kind of getting unleashed on the line there with the new multiple front. I think you're going to see LaVisca Chenault just having his way with this uh, linebacking group a little bit and they give him the ball in space. And I think it's a strong start for Jacksonville already uh, matched their win total from last year week one but uh, I don't know maybe you see it a little differently what do you think Zach I do see it differently I'm gonna take the Texans in this one and I would take them outright too I do think S- after spicy all this stuff, oh my goodness all this criticism about the about the team and let me say this first of all the major theme of this is disrespect and you know what Alex I'm gonna call you out a little bit because when you introduced this matchup you said first year coach urban Meyer is he the only first-year head coach in this matchup? David what? Culley. David Culley. David and Culley. That, and that ties into the theme. <laughs> now, listen, I'm not saying David Culley is going to be, you know, a great coach. But I look at this Texans team, and the one difference that I see between teams, like, just for Maybe example, like the coach. Lions last year, or like – those old Lions and the old Browns teams, is those guys were not only young, but, you know, they lost. Bad. They, yeah, yeah, they're all bad. They lost, you know, that competitive drive, the spirit throughout, the morale drop. I look at this Texans teams. I mean, 
They got some young talent on there. Not only that, it's a bunch of veterans, many of which who are on one to two year deals. Third These oldest guys, team in the NFL. Average age. Really? So Strong that, way to rebuild. I feel, I feel like that, <laughs> like that kind of helps my point because I look at this team with a lot of veterans on one to two year deals. These guys know they're smart enough. They signed these one to two year deals to, you know, boost up their value. They're going to be playing hard every week. And you know what? Trevor Lawrence losing week one to Houston would be very shocking. But I, this team's going to fight. This team's going to fight. And you know what? At two and a half, I'll take it in the, I'll, I'll take the points on the Texans side. I'll, I'll let you out. You know what? I'm going to set you up. You get this right. You get to talk a lot of shit next week's podcast on this because, oh, man, I, I do not see it the same way. I uh, I don't love what I'm seeing out of Dave Coley. I don't love what I'm seeing out of the uh, whole Texan squad. I don't love rebuilding with the third oldest roster in the NFL. And I think they've got a lot of guys who have been on NFL teams but haven't played many NFL snaps. So, We'll see. We'll see what happens here. And I give you full permission that if you get this right, because this is a strong shot, I will uh, I will just talk a lot of shit and I'll not say anything back. I'll sit here and smile. I will tell you right now. I will tell you right now quickly because I know we got to move on. I'm not hedging on this. Genuinely. And I'll even go as far as to say, you know what, we'll get to that later in the year. Okay. Okay. We'll get to that later in the year. For now, we got to get to the line for the over under on this one, which is 45 and a half. Not expecting it to be a high scoring game. And I am taking the under. I think it is going to be something very ugly along the lines of 27 to 10. I think that under 100%. And uh, we'll see. Maybe you agree with me here. Maybe not. Maybe you think there's going to be a 50 49 I- blowout. Right. Listen, we, we disagree. We disagree on the result of this game. Definitely don't disagree here. Regardless of what happens, I don't envision like some, you know, NFL classic level game right here. <laughs> I'll go like a 2017, 21-17, something like that. Houston's favor. But yeah, I'm, t- I'm taking the under here. Very, very easy choice. Good to see some disagreement here. That's that's fun. That's fun. Moves on to our next game. This is a good one on paper. You got the Steelers and I believe 38-year-old Ben Roethlisberger at the Buffalo Bills. A lot of people's favorites to win the Super Bowl this year. The line is Bills minus six. I'm going to let you start it off. Who are you taking? I got to go with the Bills here. I got to go with the Bills here. Now, home. Not only that, like what you said, Alex. Super Bowl contender. I'm expecting a monster year out of Josh Allen. And if you would have told me I would have said that sentence uh, maybe like four years ago when I had Josh Allen as my QB6 behind Mason Rudolph, I will gladly hold my I will hold my L on that. But um, Featured in yeah. this game, Mason Rudolph. <laughs> yes, featured in this game, Mason Rudolph. Um, but yeah, I just look at this Bills team and I, I look at – the Steelers, and they're they're such a hard team to figure out, man. Like, I love Mike Tomlin so much, but I look at what I saw out of Big Ben last year and, you know, the defense, despite, you know, Watt, Hayward, and Tewitt being studs across that defensive line and edge room, there's not a ton of depth everywhere else. They got talented players, don't get me wrong, but 
it's just a lot of question marks, and I feel like the Bills knowing that they could, like, this is their year. This is their year to do something big before Allen's extension kicks in. They want to come out, pedal to the metal, kick your ass. I'm expecting a big game from the Bills. I honestly think this could be a blowout. That's interesting. I, I could see how it could happen, but if you're giving me six points for a Mike Tomlin coach team with a fully healthy Pittsburgh Steelers, I, I, I'm going to take the points here and go Steelers. I do think that it's going to be the Bills who win the game, but we're going to have no disagreement here. I, I think that the Bills are very well set up defensively to prevent you from going over the top on them. I don't think Ben Roethlisberger is capable of doing that anymore, and I don't think that's what Matt Canada wants to do right now. Uh, I, I think that if there's one game that's a good setup for the Steelers' line to actually be able to run the ball, I, I think it is going to be against this Bills team. I think they've got a lot of good pass rushers there right now. I don't think they have a lot of sound run defenders. I, I think that there's going to be a dink and dunk, keep the game close, and I think that when you've got that Steelers' defense – not the best cornerback unit, but hell of a safety unit and a hell of a defense all around. Last year, you got Blitzburg, the one you got the group of people that can actually bring down Josh Allen, Devin Bush back. Give me the Steelers. And uh, for the points here, they have it as 50.5, which is a decently high line here. What are, what are you taking over under? Uh, yeah, I know I brought up it was a blowout, or not, it was a blowout. It could be a blowout. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm still going to go with the over. Um, there's so much offensive talent in this game, man, and despite their defenses and stuff, like, you know, I think Josh Allen, this is the beginning of his MVP campaign. Like, I could see a big game out of him. Steelers offense, yeah, Ben's arm does not look good, but, you know, I definitely think they're going to be playing catch-up a lot in this game. Potentially, even so, I mean, Juju, Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, Najee Harris out of the backfield. Um, I, I definitely think this could be a surprisingly high-scoring game. I'll take the over on this. I'll switch it from the sheet. I like it. Spicy in the moment. I'm also taking over on this one. I uh I think that the Steelers are going to be able to put up some points in this game enough, and I think it's going to be high scoring. I think it's going to be a quick pace for the Bills. I think they're going to try to be establishing the deep shots pretty quickly, testing the cornerbacks as much as they can because they don't want that ridiculous pass rush getting after Josh Allen. And I do think Josh Allen has MVP potential right now, and I just think it's going to be a bit of a sneaky high-scoring game, and I think it's going to get people excited about the Steelers' offense more than they should, honestly. So going over on that one, we'll try to speed it up a little bit here. We've been uh, taking a bit more time than we're supposed to. We got a pretty cut and dry one coming up next. That'll be helpful. We have the San Francisco 49ers and their potential dual quarterback attack and the Detroit Lions. And right now the line, the visiting 49ers have a seven and a half point edge. A touchdown difference is not going to do it. I am still going to take the 49ers in this one because I do not think that the Lions are set up well to deal with a finally healthy 49ers team right now. I don't know how long they stay healthy for, but right now they've got all the pieces there. 
They have a ton of weapons to attack a Lions team that, well, I think they added some fun pieces on defense, aren't quite there. I think Jeff Kuda might bounce back. He's not locking down both Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. I think George Kittle is going to be going off in this one. And I think that even if the passing attack isn't on tremendous work right now, I think that this is going to be a fun game for Shanahan to unleash a lot of things he's been sitting on for quite a while. And I don't know if the Lions even really want to win this game. I think that Penny Sewell, I like the guy. He was my second tackle on the board last year. <laughs> Still bothers you, and I love it. He has not looked great at right tackle so far this preseason. I think that Jared Goff isn't capable of elevating a team led by no wide receivers at all. I, Khalif Raymond, I think, might be their wide receiver one on the depth chart right now. Tyrell Williams. Is it Tyrell? Is he healthy right now? I know he's been missing practice a lot of the time, too. They cut. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's one. healthy, but also um, I'll just interject quickly. Thank you can continue, Alex. Among Ross St. Brown, I've. Well, sure, but right now I don't believe he's uh, in the top two on the depth chart still. It's just surprising to me. He's probably the best there. Not a very good athlete, testing wise, though. So I, I don't know. It's just really hard for me to see a way in which this isn't a blowout. So. Taking 49ers, I think if you gave me 10 points, I'd still be taking 49ers. But unless we're deviating here, we might have to disagreement. Love to hear what you're going to say. Uh, we're going to deviate again, man. I'll take the lines. I'll take the uh, seven and a half points here on Detroit side. This feels like the game that happens every week one. Like we're going to go into halftime and people are going to be flipping their legs like and you know, we're, it's 2010 Detroit heading into halftime. I do believe that San Francisco will wind up winning this game seven and a half is a lot listen dan campbell you could talk about you know the schemes and stuff they have some great coordinators there in detroit i love anthony lynn as an offensive play caller and aaron aaron glenn's a good coach like these guys are going to be you know determined motivated not to be the typical lions laughing stocks week one i definitely think if there's one thing dan campbell does well it's to prepare his team well for games these guys aren't going to be lazy like with the old regime when matt patricia was like I do think they start maybe not a bang because I just said they probably won't win, but I, I like the Lions to you know put up a respectable effort week one, especially if Jimmy G is starting, which I am, which I do expect. Yeah, I you know no one would love it more than me. I would absolutely love to see Kyle Shanahan with this fancy new offense get shut down by the Fighting Dan Campbell's week one. I don't see it happening, but I would love to see it. The line in this one is. 46 for the over-under. I'm going over on it. I think that it's going to be a lot of garbage time points for uh, Jared Goff and whoever the hell's out there at wide receiver. And I think that they're going to be able to at least establish the run a little bit. And I think that the 49ers offense is going to be explosive enough that they might hang up 46 points on their own. I don't know. What do you think, Zach? You with me or are you against me? Yeah, I realized on the uh, little sheet where we kept track of everything, I had uh, mixed up the uh, over and the under for the Bills game that we did last in the Lions. So that game was over, like I said, Steelers-Bills. This game I have is an under, um, you know, which kind of makes sense. Like, you and me disagree on it. If it's a lower-scoring game, then chances are, like, unless it's like a 21-9 to game, I do believe that 
the Detroit could find some success against the secondary that is in San Francisco. That's probably the biggest concern on that team. I, uh, I mean, yeah, I just I feel like it'll be Jimmy G just doing enough. Jared Goff keeping it in there, keeping them in there. You know, a couple bounces here and there. We got to remember the 49ers, I believe, have been upset week one. I know they were upset week one last year by the Cardinals. But um, so maybe week one, it takes a little adjusting, some new faces in that offense. Uh, I, I like the under in this. I, I get it. I get it. I do. But, uh, you know, it's, it's a fun one to disagree on because I don't hate it where you're coming from. But I also think it's going to be a lot of points to the 49ers. Moving on, we have, I believe, the lowest line of the week uh, in terms of over-under. We got the New York Jets coming to the Carolina Panthers. A lot of uh, exciting new pieces in a lot of places, new quarterbacks, and some fun coordinators on both sides, new coaching on the Jets. There's there's a lot of new pieces, a lot of uh, excitement for the future in both places. Right now, Line is the Panthers by four. What do you think, Zach? I'm going to take the Panthers minus four in this matchup. Um, I Listen, I'm not the biggest Zach Wilson fan. He was my QB four. Uh, I definitely think he has potential. I don't know how good he'll be out of the gate despite a good preseason. I like him a ton more than Sam Darnold. Like, I, I definitely like his ceiling more. But at the same time, you know, I, I like the skill players more. In Carolina, I do think Joe Brady, being as creative he is as an offensive, you know, mastermind, he'll be able to coax a good effort against Sam Darnold or for Sam Darnold against his former team that you know traded him. Uh, yeah, I mean, defenses both not that great. I still like Carolina's a little more. I just in this matchup at home, Matt Rule, you know, he has some experience with this roster. Might be some first game. Uh, Jitterbugs for Robert Sala, who I think is a stud, by the way. No disrespect to him, but I, I, I like Carolina in this one. Former Seahawks, great Robert Sala. <laughs> Throw it out there. But, uh, yeah, I, we're just going to continue this string of uh, not seeing eye-to-eye now. Uh, I'm, I'm taking the Jets here. Um, to me, this game's a push. Honestly, it is. So give me the points. I, I think that it's going to be fun to watch – the battle of two of the more polarizing quarterbacks in the game right now. But I, I think both teams have some exciting pieces on offense. I think the jets have the better offensive line right now. And I think both people or both teams, pardon me, have some fun schemes defensively that are going to take a while to get there. So I'm, I really think it's a coin flip of a game and I'll, I'll take the jets with the points for sure on this one. The over-under on this one is insanely low, 43 points. I am going to smash the over on this one, personally. I don't think the defenses are going to be able to stop either team, and I think both teams are going to be interested in establishing their quarterback here. So I think we're going to see Corey Davis going a little bit nuts here. I think we're going to see Sam Darnold with 35 or so passing attempts. I don't see... A ton of potential for Christian McCaffrey to just take over the game, running the ball, I think maybe out of the backfield. I, I think it's going to be actually a decent amount of points in this one. I, I'm fairly confident in the over on this one. But doesn't mean we see eye to eye again. <laughs> yeah, I'm going I'm to take the under here. I don't feel great about it. Like I could definitely see this being like a shootout. 
My thing is, going back to the quarterbacks, Zach Wilson, Sam Darnold, I don't expect much of them this year. Um, Turnovers, just points. they're good. I mean, they'll throw a lot. They'll throw a lot. I just, yeah, this this could be a push roll. This could be a twenty three twenty, you know, win or something, which would actually make me lose. So I shouldn't say that. Um, let's say it's like a twenty three to seventeen victory for Carolina. So yeah, I mean, I just I just don't really trust the offenses, guy. I think there's going to be a lot of growing pains week one. Yeah, I, I completely get where you're coming from on that one. It's it's a fun one. It's just such a low line, and the defenses are so inexperienced, I'll say, that uh, I'm taking the over for sure. Moving on, I, this is one of the games I'm most excited to watch this week. We have the Los Angeles, still getting used to saying that as someone who has spent a decent amount of time in San Diego. The Los Angeles Chargers at the Washington football team. A lot of new to be saying there. Chargers come in with a ton of hype. They're actually favored on the road by one point, pretty close to a push. It's a fun matchup, man. It is a fun matchup. I am going to take the Chargers in this one. I think that as much as I'm very excited for what Fitzmagic's going to be doing in Washington, and they have some pieces there, I think a fully healthy Chargers team is always scary. And I think that if there's one defensive coordinator that matches up very well against Ryan Fitzpatrick, it's going to be Brandon Staley. I think he's does a very good job at taking away the kind of YOLO ball type stuff that Ryan Fitzpatrick wants to do in the game. I think that Herbert is going to be doing those things, and I think he can test the football team secondary. I don't think he's afraid enough of that defensive line to let it kind of get in his head, get the yips week one. And I think that we're going to see uh, my guy, Michael Davis, couple interceptions, Chargers take it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're going to disagree here. I'm going to, I'm going to take Washington football <laughs> team. And listen, I love the Chargers this year. I love them. Does not mean they're not going to, you know, rip out my heart. Every other person who's rooting for them, all their, or their fans. Also, I won't say all of their fans because, you know, LA, but <laughs> but regardless, I look at this. I look at this for a couple factors. Brand new coach Brandon Staley, really like him. But they're traveling across the country, home game against an experienced coach with a really really good defense. I really like Justin Herbert. I think he's going to be even better than he was his rookie season, his surprisingly good rookie season. Um, you know, I ju- I'll just take the veteran presence and you know just the defense. I definitely think Ron Rivera. Ron, that Ron Rivera will have a good off game plan against you know the Chargers because as good as Justin Herbert is, this offense is going to be pretty predictable. You know, if they pressure him, he's going to dump it off Dakler, or he's going to take some deep shots down the field. You know, I do feel like Keenan Allen could have a good game because the safeties aren't that great there in Washington. But nonetheless, I'll, I'll take the uh, I'll take Washington here in an upset. Yeah, I, I can see it. I mean, it's, I believe, tied for the closest line of the week. And uh, they're both good teams. They're both not elite teams. And uh, I, I have no issue there. I like it. And the line for this one, however, lower than I expected, 44.5, uh, especially for two gunslinger quarterbacks. You going over or under? 
I figured they're winning the game. It's going to be based on defense. So that doesn't mean... So that means, you know, LA might struggle a little bit. I, I, it'll be a super close game. I think a lot of these week one games are going to be pretty close. I think... Week one is typically, if I'm not mistaken, statistically one of the lower scoring weeks of the year. But, yeah, I mean, I just trust Washington's defense. They'll be able to limit points off a good game plan against Brandon Staley. It'll be kind of like a welcome to the NFL moment. But, you know, I'm still high on the Chargers. Week one, though, I, I don't see it. I get it. I get it. I'm going over on this one. So again, we continue our streak of disagreeing. I think we just got two gunslinger quarterbacks out there. And I think we're going to see a decent amount of turnovers because I do think we have two good defensive coaches who have solid, solid defenses with them. So I think we're going to be seeing some short fields. I think we're going to be seeing some explosive plays. And at the end of the day, I think we're going to see something closer to 50 total points. So I, I like the overall on this one, but I get where you're coming from 100% on that. And uh, moving on. We have another one of my favorite games this week, the Dolphins at the Patriots. Line is the Patriots at home, Mac Jones' debut, minus two and a half. Field goal will do it for the Patriots. And I want to take the Patriots here, and I'm going to, but it is close, man. I I like Mac Jones this year. I like Bill Belichick this year. He's my, my pick, coach of the year, I think. He's got his ass to the fire right now, and his reputation's on the line, and he has to bounce back strong. And I like these coming out firing going to rookie week one. But with that said, that's a tough matchup against that, that defense. You know what? I'm actually – I'm switching. I'm going Dolphins here. Give me the wow. points. Wow. Give me the Dolphins. Wow. Talked myself out of it. Off I, I think – I just think that the Dolphins, even, even on the road – they're the one team that knows what Bill Belichick wants to do offensively, and they have the pieces to stop it. The defense is awesome there. It is going to be tough for Mac Jones. Two is going to be fired up. He heard the other Alabama receivers talking about Mac Jones is better. I think they've got some nice pieces there. They've got a new offensive combo of coordinators. I think it's a team approach there. I just I think it's a bit of a trap game week one. It's going to be a tough game for a bunch of new pieces in New England. So I, I think... It's close to a push. Give me the points. I'm switching it up, going Dolphins. Where are you heading? Very, very surprised, not really, that Alex would hedge mid-podcast. But I, I'm going <laughs> to, you know, for all of our listeners out there, just remember, I'm the loyal one. I'm sticking to my guns. I'm going with New England. And, but seriously, West Coast fair weather, baby. <laughs> nah. <laughs> no, but uh, now the reason I, the reason I like New England – Listen, the talent gap between the two teams is minimal. You know, I, I definitely do like both teams. I definitely think both could be in that playoff discussion at the end of the year. I like this matchup I, week Yeah, I like this matchup week one because I do think the Patriots could dominate the bowl, like the time of possession a little more. You know, they got a lot of running backs and stuff like that. Damian Harris, I'm big on this year. Uh, James White, you know, Ramondre Steven, all those cats they got in that backfield. I'm not so reliant on the Dolphins, you know, with Miles Gaskin and Salvin Ahmed and Malcolm Brown. You know, I show I like some the respect to those UW greats. <laughs> Listen, man, Gaskins. I, I I can only say good things about him fantasy wise. I'm sorry, but um, <laughs> no, nah, I just like the Patriots. I trust uh, Bill Belichick. You know, 
get the ball rolling, Mac Jones. Not going to be any crazy plays or anything like that. You know, probably one of the border. I would say maybe, you know, despite the good quarterback matchup, it might be like one of the more boring games. But still, I like the Patriots in a close game, maybe like a maybe like a 24 to like 20 victory, something like that. Which sets us up well for the 45 and a half point over under on this one. Sounds like you're taking under there. Yes, sir. I'm going to agree with you. I think that we're going to have two of the better coach defenses there. I think, you you know, not a ton of people know, I am probably the highest on Josh Boyer as a defensive coordinator, who, by the way, is the person who calls the plays in Miami defensively. I've had enough of people not realizing he calls the plays defensively in Miami. I, I think fantastic defenses and two quarterbacks that still need some reps, still need some reps. So definitely both going under. We're in lockstep. We're seeing eye to eye. Everything's perfect in our worlds, and that will set us up for the Browns at the Chiefs. I think everyone is looking forward to seeing this game. Two of the favorites from the AFC this year for the Super Bowl, two of the best offenses in the NFL right now. The line is the Chiefs by six. I'm going to let you kick it off. Who are you taking here? That's a lot of points for a team as good as the Browns. It really is. It's a lot of, it is a lot of points, you know, minus six. The Browns, potential AFC contender this year, I could care less. I think Kansas City, personally, is going to smoke them week one. Um, I think, you know, a lot of people, and I'm a big Baker Mayfield fan, I just see, you know, them trying to play catch-up with this Chiefs offense. I really do. Like, they, I mean... They're going to really need to control that time. The Chiefs' defense is going to be a massive X factor in this game. They're going to have to make sure they don't get run all over the place and the secondary does their job competently because the pass rush outside of Chris Jones ain't that great. The linebackers aren't anything special. But when you got Patrick Mahomes and Tyree Kill and Clyde edwards Elair and Travis Kelsey and all those other guys on that offense, plus with an improved line, I think they're going to come out of the – Gates running. They're going to be motivated after getting embarrassed in the Super Bowl. I love the Chiefs in this matchup. I get where you're coming from. I mean, it's always tough to bet against the Chiefs, but uh, that said, I'm doing it. I, I do think that they are going to win the game. I, I think it's going to be a really close game. I'm not even – I'm remarkably unconfident that they're going to win this game, but, I mean, if you're betting Pat Mahomes against Baker Mayfield, you got to bet Mahomes. That said, I, I think that the Cleveland offense matches up really well to Kansas City defense. I think they'll be able to slow the game down, maybe get ahead early, let the running backs eat, kind of just up front, I think, especially going outside. It's going to be tough sledding for that Chiefs defense against these backs in that line. I think that a healthy Odell back, regardless of the connection that he has with Big Mayfield, which has been awful, I think it's going to open up things underneath for some of the other players there. And I think that Miles Garrett is going to be the defensive player of the year, most likely. I think the Chiefs have a lot of new pieces on the line, which I think has a high ceiling towards the end of the year. Week one could be a little bit rough. So if you're giving me six points, I'm going to take the Browns here. That's going to move us on to the over-under for the game. 53 points, the highest of the week. Does not matter for me. I'm taking over. Two of the best offenses uh, in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's move on. We're taking the over here. Yeah. Even at 53 points, I think that's a bit of a no-brainer. 
Sorry for the lack of analysis, but it, it feels like a no-brainer. Yeah, yeah. That being said, I want to toss in one last thing real quick, and I know we're going over time. Chad Henney isn't going to be there to save Chiefs again, like in the playoffs, oh with some late-game heroics. Next game. <laughs> okay. On. Let's move on. Game of the week coming up, Alex. Let's go. Oh, is it? The Denver yes, Broncos, the fighting Bridgewaters over here versus your New York Football Giants, as some people say for some reason. Broncos favored on the road by one point. One of the closer games. It's your Giants. I'm going to let you kick it off. Listen, I felt a lot better about this matchup when I thought Drew Locke was going to win the job, which I still think he should have. But that, that's a discussion for another podcast. But uh, Teddy Bridgewater, I definitely believe he can control you know, the ball more. I just like our defense a lot. And I love the Broncos defense, but you know, this pick is basically a push. I like the emergence of Saquon Barkley. I think he's going to come out with a vengeance. If there's one semi weakness on this Browns defense, or I'm sorry, this Broncos Broncos. defense. Yes. This Broncos defense is, you know, they don't really have those stars on the interior. So I do think, although it's not Saquon's best trade running up the middle, I do think they're going to, you know, going back to that ball control theme, you know, that short passing game. They're just going to try and play it safe. I was obviously kidding before. This game's probably going to be super boring. But I, I do like the Giants, their defense. You know, Joe Judge get a good, for a team that gets a lot of criticism, for the most maligned team in the NFL, the most disrespected team in the NFL, the prestigious New York football Giants. I do believe they will come out on top week one. I don't hate it. I can I can see a world in which it happens. I'm with you. I, I think that if Drew Locke were the quarterback, I, I don't love I don't love that setup. Uh, especially guys like James Bradbury and some of the defensive play callers there. It's they have a good defensive unit. There's no doubt about it. That being said, I'm taking the Broncos. I, I think that Teddy Bridgewater is kind of the perfect quarterback for a team like this against that defense or he's just not going to put the ball in trouble and i think that that's the key to winning this game for them i think they've got the better players uh at most positions they've one of the best rosters in the nfl outside of quarterback no way around that i actually like daniel jones i'm kind of high on him this year that offensive line scares the hell out of me you mentioned uh, weaknesses up the middle and i i just don't see them having the linemen to push those holes open up the middle. I don't know. They, they just traded, I believe, for uh, Ben Bredesen. I don't think he's going to be the difference maker week one up front, the middle to break it over Saquon. He's coming off an injury. I believe Galladay, Slayton, and Kadarius Tony are all banged up. And looking, you're going up against a team with Galladay returned to practice today. So that bodes well. But, and I do think Saquon up. will play week one. Yeah. I think so no, too. I got but, you just banged up across the board. And I, I think they're just going up against one of the better minds in football and Vic Fangio. And it's, it's just a tough one. It's just a tough one. And uh, yeah, I'm going to go. Bro, you're a hater. You're a hater. But Facts. So I am noted, noted giants hater outside of Daniel yes. Jones. Bit of stand for him actually. 42 and a half points is the over under. It is the lowest in the NFL this week. And I'm still going the under. I, uh, I don't care. I, uh, I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is running it up, and I don't think that the Giants are in the right place to be yeah. running it up this week. Yeah, no. I mean, 
cannonball on this on their even all admitted this has all the makings of like a 17 to 13 giants victory or even the other way around just to be objective but i i I don't see either of these i don't see this having any shootout potential whatsoever yeah I'm, i'm with you with you on this one we are back in lockstep the over under here going on one of the big headline games for this week the packers the last run of Aaron Rodgers and the Packers at the Saints, their first game without Drew Brees and God knows how long. Saints are favored by two and a half. That honestly surprised me quite a bit. I, uh, maybe I'm in a world of my own here, but uh, that, that one surprised me. Uh, I'll let you, let you start it off. No, I'm completely with you, man. Um, to be honest, this was, this was one of my locks of the week, to be honest. I mean, I have one that I like a little better, but... You know, I saw this. I was very surprised. Uh, I think a lot of people, I think people are worried about, you know, oh, Rogers, he was away, you know, the entire offseason. He was hosting Jeopardy, blah, blah, blah. It's Aaron freaking Rogers, okay? Are we really going to take Jameis Winston, who I do think will be better. I do. I am super intrigued to see him with Sean Payton. We're really going to take this Packers team that was a P.I., uh, call away from possibly making it to the Super Bowl against the Saints team that has dealt with a lot of turnover? Absolutely not. I'm hammering the Packers in this. I think Aaron Rodgers has an incredible performance. One of the games of the week. Take Green Bay. And I am 100% with you here. I, I am very confident in the Packers game. I think it's going to be rough figuring out what the Saints are going to do offensively. And I think that particularly with Joe Barry in house, it's going to make it even tougher for them for the pack with the Packers defense. I, I think to me, Darnell Savage, probably my favorite player to watch in the NFL. That's not a quarterback right now. Aaron Rodgers is going to come out fired up. No doubt about it. I think that LaFleur is probably the most underrated coach in the NFL. I mean, he's been a part of Shanahan's best offense, a part of McVay's best offense. And then he just had the best offense in the NFL last year. Very underrated offensively for what he's able to do. And everyone's healthy. Everyone's there in Green Bay. Saints not going to be playing at home most likely. Going to get moved off of it. Almost a neutral site game essentially. Yeah, I'm smashing the Packers in this one. The over-under, 51. They showed some respect on it. I'm actually going to take the under on this one. I was a bit surprised to do it. It feels weird with New Orleans and the Packers take the under on 51 points. That being said... I like both defenses a lot. I think Green Bay might have a very sneaky top five defense in the NFL this year. I think their offense is going to be solid, but it's not like the Saints don't still have a tremendous defense. One of my guys, Marcus Davenport, looking like a monster out there right now. I'm excited for him to break out this year. They still have a very strong secondary, two of the best linebackers in the NFL. It's going to be, it's going to be a tough game sledding-wise to score points. I'm taking the under. I think it's going to be, let's go Packers 27 to 21. Man, this is, I, I feel like this is almost as ballsy as me taking, you know, the Texans over the Jaguars, that line. I mean, I'm smashing the over in this game. I get it. You know, crazier things have happened. We've seen like Saints and Falcons games in the dome, like it'd be nine, nine to six at halftime, but. I mean, I I just cannot see a scenario. I know I talked about a lot of teams start slow week one. I cannot see a scenario where Aaron Rodgers and Jameis Winston are in a dome and at least one team 
you know, one team doesn't score at least 30 points. Because if, let's say, I I think this is going to be, I think it'll be a close game. Um, I, I do like the Packers to win this game outright, as I stated before. I, I think this could be arguably the highest scoring game of this entire slate. I, I'm hammering this over, man. You're nuts. You're nuts, but I like it. I like they it. They have no weapons. Even Troutman's out, who I love as well. Callaway season, baby. Callaway. I think it's going to be just ridiculous doses of running backs in this game. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. That'll be a fun one to come back to. Bears at the Rams. Rams have the seven-point spread on this one. And I want to start this one out because – a lot of people forget it was that Bears defense that put the recipe out for how to stop the McVay offense a little bit ago. So seven-point spread, the new quarterback trying to implement a bit of a new system against a good defense with the Bears, and a quarterback in Andy Dalton who isn't going to win you the game. I'm not, taking, I'm not taking the Bears to beat the Rams outright. But with seven-point spreads and very good defense and a new offense, new quarterback in L.A., I just don't know, man. I don't think he's going to be the type of person that gives the game away that much either. Uh, so I think it's going to be a bit closer than people think. Ultimately, I still think it's the Rams, but giving me seven points, I'm taking double Bears. I'll be honest with you, Alex. The only way I see the Bears covering this spread is if it's similar to that Tom Savage, Deshaun Watson situation where Andy Dalton is just lost out there. They bring in Justin Fields at halftime. Listen, man, I, I do I, – I'm not I'm – not, Andy Dalton was a solid sorter for many years. I'm out on him after seeing that situation in Dallas last Very year. nice wife. I sat next to her at a game once. Nicely. Nice. Anyway, um, <laughs> the Rams. Snapple attack for you. Yeah. Nah, the Rams, they're, um, yeah, that is a solid Snapple cap. Maybe I'll find that one day. The Rams, you know, I just, you know, they've been working so hard this season. You know, we, a lot of coaches, they BS stuff, but I truly believe Sean McVay when he says, like, Matt Stafford was a guy he wanted. Like, this is his guy. These guys are going to be motivated. The Rams are going to be super good. You know, they're home. They're in their brand new stadium. Um, I just I look at this and I'm like, this this could be a blowout. I really do, and I really do like the Bears' defense, but I just I think they've botched so many decisions this offseason from you know naming Dalton the starter to cutting Kyle Fuller and keeping Jimmy Graham despite having about 75 tight ends on the roster. It's just, it just seems like a recipe for disaster for this team, and I don't think it gets off on a good foot. I'll, I'll take the Rams minus seven. It's a big line, but I, f- I feel pretty good about it. We'll see. I get it. I, I do think it's a case of a good coach, bad general manager and uh, in Chicago, but we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I just uh, It's too many points for me personally. Uh, what is not too many points for me is the over-under on this game, 45 points. Even with some of the defenses out there and how bad Chicago's line is, I do think you've got two tremendous receivers, honestly, in uh, Darnell Mooney and Allen Robinson in Chicago. And I think you've got two smart offensive minds with Matt Nagy, Sean McVay, 
And I just think 45 points is low. I do. I think it's going to be something like maybe 27-21. That works out for me. 27-21 Rams victory. Still the points, but uh, 45 is just not enough for Sean McVay, man, especially when he's going to be trying to prove himself right offensively. Listen, I agree with you in the sense that 45 is not a lot for Sean McVay. What about the other side of the ball? I, I don't know about you. You might have a little bit more trust. I just don't I, – I don't see a scenario where unless the Rams defense has an absolute collapse, I don't see a scenario where they score a lot. So I look at this 45 line, and, yeah, the Rams might hang like 31, 34. There's a legitimate chance the Bears, if they start Andy Dalton this whole game, even having Allen Robinson and David Montgomery and guys like that with a poor offensive line against Aaron Donald – I don't trust them to score enough in this game. Like, me, like anywhere between. I could see them. I, I really do th- see some massive blowout potential in this game. And that makes it one-sided. I'll take the under here. I feel decent about it, not all in on it. But, yeah, I, I, f- I feel pretty comfortable taking this under right here. I get it. Rams did lose some pieces defensively, and they definitely lost some schematically defensively as well. So it'll be a fun game to see. We'll definitely be able to tell very quickly if the Bears are a playoff contender or not. I think that's going to be huge. Last game of the week, we've got the Baltimore Ravens at the Las Vegas Raiders. The line is the visiting Ravens by four and a half points. I'll let you start it off on this last one. Yeah, I mean, I had a typo on this sheet. I know anybody listening can't see it. I had the Raiders. I was like, what was I thinking? And then I was trying to think during this podcast. I was like, why would I put the Raiders? And then I was like, it must be a typo. Um, yeah, because I, th- I think the Ravens. Yeah, That's no, I, th- I think <laughs> I think the uh, now nah, the Ravens, the Ravens should win this game pretty handily, you know, given how good their running attack is. I don't really trust. I mean, I like Jonathan Hankins. I like um, Quinn and Jefferson as a run stopper. They brought in Gerald McCoy. KJ it's Wright just officially a Raider as of today. KJ, yes, KJ Wright. I'm Neutralizer. Very, very, very. Ravens sad have about nothing that. for that. Really, really wanted, uh, <laughs> really wanted him in, uh, you know, East Rutherford. But I love regardless, deeply. Uh, yeah, I, I think the Ravens will just simply run all over this Raider. They this Raiders team. They added some pieces on defense, but I, I I just don't think it's enough. I think it's a healthy win for Baltimore. Yeah, I, I think that if there's one team that does not have the juice up front to stop Lamar Jackson, it is these Raiders. And I I do think that there's going to be more emphasis on a passing attack that I also don't think the Raiders can stop. I, I just don't see a great situation for the Raiders here, even at home, even with some fun pieces. I think they might be somewhat of an improved team defensively. This just isn't the week, even without J.K. Dobbins, to uh, make that happen. The line in the game is surprisingly high, actually, for a Ravens team, uh, but it's 51 points. Not the Ravens can't score, but their defense is always strong. I'm taking the over on it. I do think for everything John Gruden is, he's a good offensive coach who's very good at scheming against defenses. I think he's got some fun pieces there. You still have Darren Waller. I think Henry Ruggs, they're going to be smarter with him this year. They're obviously very excited about, oh my goodness, I am blanking. Brian Edwards almost forgot his name for a little bit there. The line, 
has some wild movement on it. Who has any idea how that's going to look? Colton Miller will be there. That's all I know. That's uh, going to be very interesting to see against a team that is very good at scheming against offensive lines. But you have a healthy Josh Jacobs. You got Kenyon Drake looking a little bit recharged a bit in a backup role. And you've got Lamar Jackson going up against one of the slower <laughs> defenses in the entire NFL. So I'm taking the over here, and I feel good about it. Yeah, I'll keep it short. You kept the, you touched on a lot of it. I I do think, even given if it is if it does divulge into a one Saturday affair in Baltimore's favor, meaning that they're kicking their behinds, Ravens kicking the Raiders behinds. Obviously, um, I trust Derek Carr enough in overtime that I I do think they could uncork some big plays. I think they'll use Henry Ruggs. A little better. They just, you know, used him as a deep threat. You got to get him the ball, you know, short area. Let him do the rest of that. But yeah, I, I think this will be a high-scoring game. I think the Ravens win easily. Also, should be a should be an exciting game. This is a Monday Night Football, correct? I believe so. I believe yeah. so. So yeah, no, it should be a fun that, game to watch. Yeah, but it'll be a fun I game am to taking. watch. But yeah, Baltimore hammer it. So last thing we're going to do here to close it out is we are going to lock in bet of the week, whatever you want to call it. We're going to lock in one over under and we're going to lock in one betting line for this week. I'll let you start it off, Zach. What are your two bets of the week? We'll call it. Okay. So my favorite line this week, I'm going to take the Washington football team. You know, it kind of pains me to do it because I really am high on the chargers. I really am high on the Chargers. I think they – I honestly – they're my fifth seed this year going over my That's personal projections. That's a spicy lock right there. Yeah. Nah, I really I really like the Chargers this year. But week one, like I said, flying cross, cross country, brand new head coach, really good defense. I just – I like Washington in this game. I like – even with an improved Chargers offensive line, I think Chase Young eats. I think Montez Sweat could have – a really good game. And, you know, they brought in William Jackson, which could mitigate like a Mike Williams type or something like that. I'm excited for I'm excited yes. for him, actually. In terms of my um, over-under, I didn't want to do the same one that Alex did, which he'll get to in a little bit. So I'll do I'll do Giants, or I'll do taking Giants plus one over the Broncos. Um, I, I felt a long way that, you know what, I'm not super high on the Giants objectively this year. Or the, the 42.5 for what it's worth. Oh yes, yes. My apologies. Uh, yeah, I, that was that was what I was talking about. Forty-two point five. Yeah, the under for that. I just I think it's going to be such a boring game. I'm going to watch the whole thing. I'm going to be so happy football's back, and then I'm just going to be watching, you know, Daniel Jones on deep shots getting sacked, and then you know just six yard dump offs to Sterling Shepard. I'll be like, you know what? It's football, baby. Hey, we love to see it. We love to see it no matter how it comes. That being said, for my two locks, I'm locking up the Packers at the Saints. I feel very good about that one. I, I just don't see a situation in which the Saints can match up firepower. I've been dumb Benny against Sean Payton before. Maybe I am this time. I just do not think W's are on the menu for uh, Jameis this week. I, I don't see it, and especially without any playmakers there for the most part. I think... Kamara might get 40 touches in that game. I, I don't I don't I don't love it for this for the Saints, especially in a neutral stadium. And the other thing I'm locking up, I'm taking the under my Seattle Seahawks against the Indianapolis Colts. I just don't think the offense pieces are there and the familiarity with the offenses that will be in place is there. 
for them to really be lighting up the scoreboard this week. So that's going to do it for our betting. If I'm sorry, if we're being honest, that would have been my pick also. But I didn't. I didn't want to. I didn't want to copycat Alex. I wanted him to. You know, he did it before me. So, but yeah, that that line's ridiculous. My apologies. I like your pick as well. I do like your pick as well. That's going to do it for our first betting podcast. We're going to keep track of this throughout the season. We had a lot of disagreement here. It's going to be fun to see how that all plays out. Maybe someone gets some bragging rights, keeps it a little spicy, and uh, you know, just some accountability, and hopefully we make you some money. So thank you for listening. You can find me, Alex Jensen, at Juicy underscore Jensen on the Twitter. Zach is at NFL underscore Deets. Zach, football's back, baby. I'm excited. Nice talk with you, like always. As always, man, appreciate all you guys listening, and we'll see you guys next week. Enjoy the games. Mia, and I'm all yours. Not for the money, and it's not for the applause. No, uh, uh, it's for the noise, no, please, no, no. <laughs>